The following program is being brought to you on the Seventh Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit SeventhWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The Summit Lighthouse brings you practical spiritual answers and is the open door to sacred mysteries. These teachings, delivered by Mark and Elizabeth Clare Prophet, are compelling, thought-provoking, and timeless. Here are your hosts, Tom Schumacher and Terry Kennedy. Well, hello, seekers. Welcome, mystics, and hi, you keepers of the flame, present and future. You are tuned to The Open Door. This is the online voice of the Summit Lighthouse, where, where we publish and practice the teachings of the Ascended Masters and where we invite you to awaken to the light within. I'm Tom Schumacher. I'm Sid Bennett. And I'm Reverend David Dry. And you will notice that there's no, hi, I'm Terry Kennedy today. <laughs> Terry is off uh, attending to some personal business, so I'm being ably supported and co-hosted by two of our senior members here. David Dry, of course, is our spiritual director, and Sid, of course, you all know very well. He's here almost every week. And today we're kind of tackling, um, well, I hope this is not disrespectful, but it's kind of a juicy topic. We're talking about the strategies of light and darkness. And to kind of set this up, when the fallen angels fell, when they rebelled, they not only lost their heavenly estate, they lost their personal ability to gather and garner light. So they looked for another source of light external from themselves. And who do they think they targeted? Light bearers. The light bearers. Yes. So we want to talk about today, and this is actually going to be a series of programs because there's so much to talk about. In fact, in our book, which we'll tell you a little bit more about later on, Strategies of Light and Darkness, there are 33 uh, strategies that are specified. That doesn't mean there's only 33, but unfortunately, the Fallen Angels playbook has been uh, unfortunately successful. And they keep trotting it out and using the same strategies over and over because they work. So we want to help you, light bearers, to kind of find a way to defeat these strategies. So we're going to be doing that. We'll talk about what the strategy of darkness is, and then we'll talk about what the strategy of light And I think, is. Tom, this goes back to what we've talked about a number of times here. <clears throat> you have to understand the, the equation of life on planet Earth. What's going on here? And most of us, I don't know if we've been blissfully ignorant, but we've certainly been ignorant of the true <laughs> equation. And that's why... The strategies of the fallen angels have worked so well because, number one, we haven't known who we are. Number two, we don't know where we're supposed to go and how we're supposed to get there. And number three, we've been more than willing to believe some of the lies that have been perpetrated on us by organized religion and under the influence of the fallen angels. Well, indeed, and I think that kind of leads right into the very first strategy, which is separation from God. And no matter how you parse that, there is a sense of distance, if you will. Separation from God. I know we've talked before the show began about the church fathers at one point many, many centuries ago made the determination that the soul was separate from God. Mm. And that has passed down through the, you know, the ensuing centuries to become orthodox belief. And in fact, there is no separation. This is this path we're on. It's a journey without distance. So let's talk a bit about separation from God. What does that look like? 
How does it feel? And what can we do to counteract it? I think one of the things that we've talked about before in previous shows, you know, everybody has, well, the light bearers have this inner sense of who am I? Why am I here? What is my reason for being? And I think people look to what they can find through, you know, religious thought and teaching throughout the world to try to get an answer to that. Now, we know we have um, quite a difference between Western philosophy and Eastern philosophy, and I think Eastern philosophy has really resonated a lot more with our understanding of reincarnation and karma and the path. But here in the West, it's been quite a dilemma for people to really have a sense of trying to find out who they are. And I think, I know you, you've explored different on different radio shows, oh, yeah. you know, the, the, this inner feeling, this inner calling of the soul, desiring to find out what is the answer to this. Well, I think, too, if you go back, you know, I think it was St. Augustine that was one of the first people that propagated this idea of original sin. In other words, mm-hmm. because of the sin of Adam and Eve, you know, I'm a sinner, which, you know, that's kind of a big jump in my mind. But <laughs> uh, what happened is, you know, this was not part of the early teaching of Jesus. And yet in, in 200, I think, 200-something is when St. Augustine wrote, this is what he came to. And, of course, his whole thing was sex, how sinful sex was, which is, you know, has been a put away to combination upon the light bearers on this planet for 2,000 years. And if you hear every day, well, I'm a sinner, I'm a sinner, I'm a sinner, what do you start to believe? And so if you're a sinner, you must be separate from God, by definition. And one of the tenets of the system of beliefs that we ad- adhere to is that God is the doer, that every thought, word, and deed is animated, is energized by God's life, capital L. And if we don't know that, then we do have this sense of separation, which leads to many things, well, depression. Well, I, think, I think, too, and, and I should qualify what I said about, you know, we're all sinners, We've all sinned. I mean, we have karma. We've made mistakes. We've taken God's energy, and we've used it for purposes that are not the highest, obviously, Mm -hmm. and so therefore we make karma. But because we've sinned doesn't make us sinners by nature. How can we be sinners by nature when God is within us, as Jesus taught? I mean, our nature is to be of God. We have made mistakes, which some will call sin. We call karma, but that does not make us a sinner because if you are a sinner from the beginning, what are you going to do? Well, I think one of the, <laughs> yes. I think one of the key things that you know, as I think about this separation and what keeps people separated, you know, is this is this beast of condemnation. You know, oh yeah, philosophy and theology condemns the soul. I mean, this this whole issue of original sin, you know, was a very strange um, theology that I grew up. You know, as a, being raised in the Catholic Church. Me and too. I, and I kept asking myself the question, you know, if God is is perfect, if it in the eyes of, of all of us here below, if, if he is perfect, how in the world could he create something imperfect? You know, imperfect? And so it, it made no sense to me. Yeah. And I, I remember I remember trying to get an answer, you know, when I was just in second grade from a priest about, you know, Father, is this really so? And, and all I remember him saying is, this is just the way it is. And I kept saying, <laughs> no, it's not. No, it's not. It can't yeah, possibly yeah. be this way. Well, and I think a lot of us came with that question. I know that for me, and we've talked about our life paths before, but just briefly recapping, raised Catholic, studied in a seminary, and was really confronted face-to-face with the orthodoxy that I couldn't find comfort with. So I remember asking um, when I was leaving to uh, see if there was some other you know, course of action. And of course, what they said was, read the lives of the saints. And I didn't understand how it really important that to turn out to be because our path, we we read, we understand the lives of the ascended masters, many of whom are considered saints in the Western Orthodoxy. And that's one of the antidotes for separation from God is to understand that these great saints, these ascended masters, these, these lights 
have trod where we are treading. They know what we're going through. They understand. And if we look at their lives, we feel, we feel a camaraderie that allows us to understand that we're on the path back to joining the heart of God, that the separation is going to be healed. If I could back up just a minute, Tom, in well, terms okay. of why we strategize or talk about the strategies of light <clears throat> and darkness, is because when you know the strategies and they pull them on you, so to speak, you have a counterweight to them. You know what's going on, and you don't get under, as people are wont to do, this way to self-condemnation. We've talked before about the screw tape letters oh, yeah. by C.S. Lewis, how important that is to read because this condemnation comes upon you. And I've told this story, but I think it's worth telling again. When I was brand new on the path, and I woke up one day, and I just felt like I was just a terrible, terrible person. You know what happens? They'll project things in your mind. And I heard this voice that said, you know, you're the worst person in the world. <laughs> and, you know, they overplayed their hand because as bad as I was, <laughs> I didn't think I was the worst person in the world. So I had to laugh. Yeah. And, of course, you know, that's a great counter to these strategies of the fallen ones. Laugh at them. Thomas More said, you know, the, the devil is a vain spirit, I think, or words of that effect. He yeah. doesn't like it when you laugh at him. No. So when you know the strategies, they don't work on you. That's it. It's a great point because the devil will not be mocked does not like to be laughed at. You know, one of the things that's interesting as a sidelight to this whole discussion is that we find reasons or have projected upon us reasons to feel separate, condemned, judged, unworthy. And I remember reading recently in A Pearl of Wisdom about how we're, I think we're prepared for the big tests, but it's the little tests. It's the little ones that kind of come into the side. Mm -hmm. We don't quite see them coming. They're right there. And then we have to deal with them. And when we, when we fail those tests, there's a little voice that says, see, you didn't do it again. There you go. You're just, you're, you're horrible. You're never going to make it. And it, they work on us until we say, stop. And like you said, when they overplayed their hand with you, yeah. you know, thank you, God. Then, you know, be grateful for that little bit. But for the most part, they're kind of just kind of tickling, you know, they're. Well, the Ascended Masters give us great, they give us great encouragement, you know, regarding this, this path of being tested and. You know, it's not how many times you fall down that matters. It's how many times you get up. Yeah. And I, the other thing that is really has stuck in my mind for a long time, you know, Jesus gave this very simple passage. He said, he that endureth to the end, <laughs> will I grant him the kingdom of heaven? And I realize, you know, if you think about the life of Jesus himself and what he went through, his testing, his education in the East, the study with the various different masters of the Himalayas, you know, and his and giving simple guidelines and tools so that each soul could actually – you know, know how to confront, you know, the criticism, know how to confront the condemnation, you know, and, and develop that sense of self-worth. Yeah. Very important. You know, it's interesting, but last night I was channel surfing as I want to do at, <laughs> at halftime of the football game. And I came upon this, this interview, uh, it was a news show, and they were interviewing a reporter. And it was about the business climate in the United States. And so the interviewer asked the reporter, you know, well, what do you, what do you hear from the economists and so forth? And he said, that's very interesting, but the I, somebody, I forget, he's a very prominent economist he talked to. He said, what do you think is the biggest problem um, in the United States in terms of the economy? And he says, it was people's sense of isolation. Isn't that interesting? Really? In terms of the economy. They don't feel part of things. And oh. so we see it's not limited just to, you know, our spiritual lives. It's even in the world. I think that was Thomas Friedman. It was. Yes. Oh, yeah. I saw that same interview. I was, t I, I was amazed, actually, that he had that insight. Yeah. Because that, that takes it totally to the left or right of what they thought would be the subject. Yeah. Isolation. And, and you know, here's the voice. You know, you're, you're nobody. You're not important. Do you think anybody cares about you? Look at all the mistakes you've made. <laughs> 
why don't you just pack it in? <laughs> I mean, this is what happens. Oh, I know. This I, is what happens when people start to get depressed or down. It just It's a momentum that builds on them, they and they lose away. their perspective. Don't lose your perspective of who you are in God, regardless of the mistakes you've made. Yeah. Don't ever lose that perspective. You know, one of the other things that I interview, you may recall, was he talked about the heart. And he said that the way out of this isolation is through the heart. Mm. And that technologies, uh, social platforms would all be made better when people are reconnected, when they're not isolated, and the isolation will be dissolved when people tune into their heart. Wow. I thought, what a wonderful thing, because that is the essence, I think, of what we are doing is we're going through the heart to this reunion with God. We're overcoming and dissolving the sense of isolation and separation and making it. And, and this is not La La Land, <laughs> no, uh, although I haven't seen the movie. Me, but, yeah. um, you know, it's not saying, well, everything's wonderful. God loves me. I'm on a, you know, stairway to heaven. We've got challenges. We've got karma to balance. Yeah. So it's a, it, it, we are a balanced perspective. But we're not, we're, once we learn these strategies we'll be covering the next few shows, we don't have to be victim of them. Because what happens, they're not new. They're used over and over again because they work. Once you understand them and know how to counter them, they don't work on you anymore. Anymore. And before we go to break, I think I'd like to add this concept of forgiveness. Because I think one of the things that is a really healing balm to our souls is forgiving ourselves when we make a mistake, when we, when we err, that it is not final, it's not, we, we can't go back, you know, we forgive ourselves. I think one of the most important things, Tom, that, that we review every <clears throat> retreat that we have here at the Inner Retreat and all of our conferences is that we talk about, you know, forgiveness and we talk about the fact that anytime you enter into a state of condemnation, if you recognize the fact that God does not condemn your soul. Yeah. And it, you have to have that simple understanding that anytime you're entering into that, somehow you've separated yourself out from his love, his blessing, and his grace. And I think that, you know, as a simple key has helped so many people you know, be a little easier on themselves, not yeah. so hard on themselves. Yeah, Jesus said, I come not to condemn the world, right. yeah. you know, but to bring right. life. And so, when you make a mistake, call upon the law of forgiveness. And what I always do is I pray for the opportunity to balance the karma that I made. Perfect. The sooner the better. Well, let's take a short break. We are talking today about strategies of light and darkness and how the dark ones want to keep you in the dark, which is no surprise. But anyway, we'll be back in a couple of minutes for more on strategies of light and darkness. Please stay with us. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Seek greater awareness. At the Summit Lighthouse, our goal is to help you awaken to the light within and discover your real self. Today, thousands of spiritual seekers all around the world are using the universal teachings of the Ascended Masters to make their higher selves a permanent part of their reality. And you can too. The Ascended Masters are the saints and sages of East and West from all major religions and spiritual paths. They have walked where you walk and understand the challenges you face. And their teachings are always practical. By applying the science of the spoken word through verbal prayers called decrees, the masters teach us how to harness the healing power of the violet flame and other spiritual energies to transform our lives and our world. On The Open Door, it is our goal and great joy to bring you Ascended Master teachings that you can apply in your life right now. 
To learn more about the Summit Lighthouse and the teachings of the Ascended Masters, visit us today at tsl.org and discover how you can awaken to the light within. It's what you're here to do. Remember, tsl.org. Those seeking a higher spiritual path question everything. It is the nature of a spiritual seeker. They look deeply at all world religions and know that there are nuggets of truth within them all. The Summit Lighthouse is a deep repository of spiritual wisdom delivered by the Ascended Masters through their messengers Mark and Elizabeth Clare Prophet. For over 50 years, we have brought seekers worldwide liberating teachings that include the violet flame, the creative power of sound, and a deep personal connection to the Masters of Light. The goal of our show is to bring you timely spiritual teachings that are practical and liberating. For a free download of one of our most popular books, go to www.summitlighthouse.org forward slash radio downloads. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Listening to The Open Door, brought to you by the Summit Lighthouse. Please send your comments or questions to webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to our show. And thank you. We are back on The Open Door. And today, I'm being ably assisted by Sid Bennett, of course, one of our regulars, and Reverend David Dry. And we're talking about strategies of light and darkness. And in the first segment of our show today, we talked about the separation from God, the sense that we are somehow not part of God, but we are separate from Him, and that everything we do that may not be perfect is a reason for feeling even more separate. We know better. And one of the things that we are also uh, kind of interested in sharing with you is this, and that some of you who have heard us before know this, but perhaps most of you have not really heard this concept before, but you are all members of a spiritual structure called hierarchy. And ahead of us on the path, are the saints and sages of East and West, the Ascended Masters, who are showing us the way. And part of the separation sense is not just from God, but from hierarchy. Basically, we're getting the message from many different sources that we are not part of this spiritual continuum. But in fact, we are. I think it's really important to go back to the life of Jesus, you know, and he talked all throughout his ministry about how he and his father were one. And so, what we learned from the Ascended Masters is when he said, I and my father are one, he was talking about two things. One was his teacher, his mentor, mm-hmm. the one he was closest to, which we know as Lord Maitreya, but then also the, the I am presence. And so, what he taught us and what he showed us is that those that have understood this inner light, those that have un- understood this, this spiritual path that is, t- that is taught by the masters and have demonstrated that, you want to learn from them. So, for example, in our, in our society today, we start you know, in second, third, fourth, fifth grade, and we work our way up to you know, a bachelor of science, a oh, master's, yeah. and a PhD. And so, if you're looking to inc- improve your education, right, you're always going to somebody who knows better. Well, hierarchy is really the structure, as we understand it, that holds the whole universe together, the spiritual you know, girders, and we refer to it as the girder relationship. And so, you know, we have some simple correlations to help you understand about why this is so important to honor this. And they're masters. And I think, too, we (laughs) have to be careful of a point of pride. You know, I don't need anybody else. You know, I can do this on my own. Very good point. I can tell you, if I could have done this on my own, I wouldn't be here today, but (laughs) I'm still here, and that's evidence we need help. But I just want to, you know, people that have that attitude, 
you know, the masters are not trying to get between you and God, but they're trying to give you keys so that you can take that step to get closer to God. And I think back uh, many years ago um, when I was in Africa and I went to climb Mount Kilimanjaro and you got guides that told you, you know, when to stop, when to start, when to rest, when to not rest and so forth. At the same time, we, we had like, I think, four guides. Uh, someone tried to climb the mountain by themselves. You know, I can do this. You know, why do I need guides? It's just climbing this mountain. And unfortunately, he sat down and sat, stayed down too long, and he froze to death. So uh, I, I think this is, we have to be careful that we we not think that we can do everything on our own. Because whether we go to the Ascended Masters or to our friends and neighbors, it's important to have that sense that, yes, we need help. And if we can learn from others, why not? Why not? You know, I'm reminded uh, obliquely by something you said in the first segment about uh, laughter at the devil, you know, laughing at the forces of darkness. And it struck me, El Moria said, um, praise your enemies, because they are the ones who are the most responsible for teaching you self-mastery. Now, I thought to myself, if I praise my enemy, in this case, the dark forces, for these tests that I'm getting, they're going to be wondering about that. What's he up to? <laughs> you know, is he is he is he making you full well, of love, love your enemies, which has <laughs> been one of the biggest challenges of Christendom for two thousand years. Yeah. What does that mean? It doesn't mean agreeing with them Not and all. what they're doing, but it means that love is of God, and they can either accept love or reject it. And if they reject it, then of course, what do they have left? Well, and the the point I guess I'm kind of angling toward is that when you praise the enemy, when you basically recognize you've been given an opportunity to gain more self-mastery, that is a positive thing to be thankful for. And so and saying, you wake every day and say, bring it on? Is that what <laughs> well, <you're>... <laughs> yes. I know you don't want to say supersize it, please. That, well, that, that would be a mistake. Another way to look at this, you know, is um, you can give the affirmation every day, thank you, God, for my karma. Yeah. And however, whatever that looks like, you know, whoever that comes through. You know, what happens to be through your spouse, your co-worker, <laughs> well, your, you know, wherever that comes, your children and so forth. Because if know. it doesn't come up, it's not going to get balanced. And, you That's know, right. I, I think it, it bears repeating, we've repeated this point before, that when you do get on fire with the Spirit, when you do recognize the power that you have within you, that resides within you, that will carry you forward, you don't want to go too fast. You know, maybe storming heaven is not the best idea, or not asking for all you can handle. So, Give me all my karma now, God. I'm ready, you know. Yeah, we highly recommend you don't ask for that. <laughs> don't do not do that. <laughs> but I mean, I think the point is that we know we're on a path ascending spiral. And in fact, it's interesting, you mentioned this, David, before about the 33 strategies of light and darkness corresponding to the 33 steps of initiation, this initiatic ladder. There's no no accident that there's these, these are mystical numbers. But I think that one of the things we want to remember is that we're on a path. And the path gives us opportunities to grow every time we turn around. So there's nothing that we can't gain something from. I think the other thing to remember too, Tom, I was remembering this, thing that, this statement that Master Moria made. He said, the the trek to the summit is littered with the bones of those who tried to make it alone. That is worth the effort. Yeah, and I, the other thing too is, I think we've emphasized this before on the radio show, and that is that you know God will never give you a test you're not ready for. Yeah. And I think you have to keep that in perspective. You know, Yeah, it's okay if you don't pass it on the first time or the second time, but I think to come to this place, you know, whether you, you know, get some psychological counseling, you know, talk to a mentor or a friend, you know, recognize, you know, where your vulnerabilities are so that, you know, if you are struggling with a particular test, um, you know, um, yeah, don't be frustrated. Just know this is, a, this is a, a great opportunity for you. And pray for discernment and vigilance. And what happens is when we have these extraordinary challenging situations, 
we can either rebel against them or we can go deeper. Okay, God, I, you know, what do I do? I'm, I'm, I'm kind of out of my comfort zone here. <laughs> and going deeply to God is kind of the point of all this, why God allows karma to come. So people will wake up from this, this, this myth that they're leading or society creates, you know, the good life, quote unquote. You know, this is what we're supposed to be aspiring to when we're supposed to be aspiring to returning home to God. There's a big difference. Huge difference. You know, one of the things um, you, you hear often is that people who find this path often talk about how they had to hit rock bottom first. Yep. You've heard that before. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, they keep they keep banging their head against the wall. They keep having various different things happens until finally, you know, they force the universe to respond. You know, what is going on? You we, know, hell. We had an example yeah. this week where yeah. a gentleman in another state, he was went through a very difficult divorce. And he went online and started looking for a solution. And he found the, our book, Finding a Higher Love which is all about relationships, Whoa. twin flames, and so right. forth. He read this book and said, this makes sense. And all of a sudden, he's knocking at our door. Wow. That's great. It's really Speaking great. Speaking of books, we did mention we would give you the title. The book that we're referring to with the Strategies of Light and Darkness is, no surprise, Strategies of Light and Darkness. And um, you can find that if you go to tsl.org slash bookstore, You'll find it in our bookstore online, but you can also, of course, go to Amazon or Barnes & Noble. But look for the title, Strategies of Light and Darkness by uh, Elizabeth Clare and Mark Prophet. And uh, you'll, you'll, it's, a, it's a manual. It really is a, a wonderful book to kind of have with you because these strategies that you're going to encounter are going to be uh, challenging at times. And this is a nice well, well, thing to have as a defense are, mechanism. allows you to make the right decisions. People have very good intentions. I mean, you meet them, you know, most vast majority of people have good intentions in their lives. But if they're making decisions based on wrong knowledge, then it's a wrong decision regardless of their intentions. So know who you are, know where you're going, how you're going to get there, and be aware of the pitfalls because there are pitfalls for every person. And as soon as you start moving forward on the spiritual path, you're going to gain attention. Yeah. And... You want to be ready for that. Well, and this gentleman that you referred to who found the book, he also found community, yeah. whether he knows it yet or not. And uh, you know that's a very important thing for us to remember. One of the um, strategies of darkness is to make you feel alone and isolated. We talked about it before. That there's no one else like you, you know, and it's not the case at all. That as long as you're open to believing that, you're going to be supporting it, but don't. One of, the, one of the things we experience, you know, from a lot of people who find the Summit Lighthouse, you know, is that they almost to the person say, you know, I've been looking for my people. I've been looking for my friends. I've been looking for people that are having the same experience on the spiritual path. And that's what, you know, that's really a very Aquarian concept, you know, where community is the key to, you know, all of us working together to help find our own, not only our own personal victory, you know, with you know, in terms of our path, but also in terms of our community as well. You know, have, yeah. what is going to become the great magnet for spirituality going into the age of Aquarius? And, and what you said, we, we can't do it alone. We have to recognize that. Yeah. And I think when I first found these teachings and I looked at the staff and people around, I said, you know, I want to be like them. Yeah. They've got yeah. something and yeah. I, want, I don't want to know what it is and how I get it. I said exactly the same thing when I, I first know, came. I, I did too. And I actually encountered somebody way back in the, our pro days, Project Reach Out, who said, I want some of what you have. <laughs> I went, you can have it. Here it it's is. God. Yeah, it's, it's God. God you know? yeah. Well, you know, in the course of this discussion, um, there are so many subtle variations of this. We don't want to go too far away from the basic understanding that when we talk about separation from God or separation from hierarchy or isolation or a sense of aloneness, 
we're talking about something that can be as personal as how you feel it in your life, but really it's a general uh, ploy, plot, strategy, call it what you will, to separate you from God, to separate you from your source. We want to just remind you again that you are one. And as we say at the very beginning of every show, may you awaken to the light within. Even more important, may you be aware, become aware, those of you, of course, already are, that you are already that light. This is not something separate from you. Becoming what you already are is basically coming back to your source, to your center, your home. And that's what the ascension is all about, is basically following the spiral back to the heart of God. Balancing your karma. Well, that is, you know, and, and do that. you know, because we have taken God's energy, we've misused it, and that's okay. We're going to balance it. We're going to make things right, and we're going to return to who we really are. Yeah. I think the thing I love so much about the path is the tools that the Brotherhood gave us, you know, to be able to balance our karma. You know, oftentimes if you're hearing this for the first time, you're thinking, how in the world do I yeah. manage, you know, balancing karma for, for, you know, whether it's this life or many lives? You know, and I know you've had great shows about the violet flame and the science of the spoken word. Decrees. And yep. again, these keys through the you know, that you can you know, that have been released through the Brotherhood are just phenomenal to help you do that. Oh, I mean it's such a great point to make because the the tools are practical. They're not difficult to learn. You simply have to put them into practice and use them. And not all day long either, if you don't want to. You can start out very, very moderately, you know, doing fifteen minutes of you know, violet flame decrees every day, whatever and Say a rosary. See what happens. You See know, I happens, was yeah. I was recently watching this um, new Star Wars movie, Rogue One, and uh, one of the, the the blind character in the film had this affirmation he gave all through the movie. <laughs> you know, I am one with a force. The force is one with me. I am one with a force. The force is one with me. And I, I I was thinking about that as I was watching this. You know, and it relates to the affirmations that you can have with God. And look what it did for him. Yeah. Unfortunately, the force is what the Ascended Masters refer to as the fallen angels. Yeah. So the movie's got a little mixed up, so please don't do that affirmation yourselves. <laughs> yes. You can be one with God, but not with the force. I am one with God. Yeah. Well, again, we are talking today about strategies of light and darkness, and we've got to take a break right now. When we come back, we're going to delve into another one of the strategies, and this one has to do with what we refer to as the false hierarchy. In other words, there are teachings out there that seem very true and very right, but in fact may have a tendency to pull you off the beam. I won't say any more about it now, but we'll return to the subject after about two minutes. So please stay with us. We'll be right back. Invite meaning and inspiration to your life. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Right now, all over the world, warriors of light are working tirelessly to defend your soul's opportunity to achieve oneness with God. These spiritual warriors are keepers of the flame, and though few, the power they wield is greater than all of the weapons made by man. Founded by St. Germain in 1961, Keepers of the Flame is a non-denominational fraternity in the tradition of ancient spiritual orders. When you join, you'll receive a series of lessons that will introduce you to a vast and dynamic spiritual world. See for yourself. Access Lesson 1 right now, completely free. No login required. Simply go to tsl.org slash keepers, and in seconds you could be exploring a whole new world of practical Ascended Master teachings. Lessons are printed or available online for any time, anywhere access, and anyone can join. 
Discover your real self and explore your full spiritual potential. Become a keeper of the flame today and awaken to the light within. Please visit tsl.org slash keepers and prepare to accelerate. Those seeking a higher spiritual path question everything. It is the nature of a spiritual seeker. They look deeply at all world religions and know that there are nuggets of truth within them all. The Summit Lighthouse is a deep repository of spiritual wisdom delivered by the Ascended Masters through their messengers Mark and Elizabeth Clare Prophet. For over 50 years, we have brought seekers worldwide liberating teachings that include the violet flame, the creative power of sound, and a deep personal connection to the Masters of Light. The goal of our show is to bring you timely spiritual teachings that are practical and liberating. For a free download of one of our most popular books, go to www.summitlighthouse.org forward slash radio downloads. This is the 7th Wave Channel on the Voice America Network. You are listening to the Open Door, brought to you by the Summit Lighthouse. Please send your comments or questions to webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to our show. And we are back. Thank you for staying with us on The Open Door. Today we're talking about strategies of light and darkness. Now, I want you to imagine no awareness of karma, no awareness of reincarnation, one singular son of God, and no mention or understanding of the ascension. Where would that leave us? That's kind of what we're looking at today is that being separated from God is something that can include being part of a movement, a religion, a belief system that doesn't allow you to understand fully, truly what your potential actually is and who you truly are. And what's happened in the, in the Christian church in the West, these beliefs you know, from the Council of Nicaea, the Nicene Creed and so forth, there's only one son of God. You, you know, Tom, I'm sorry, but that's the way it is. You know, you can't following the footsteps of Jesus. And when you have, you know, almost 2,000 years of this, it becomes so ingrained in people's consciousness from lifetime to lifetime. They believe it, absolutely. And so you've got the Christian churches with some very sincere and devout and sweet people leading them that continue to perpetrate this. And and you mentioned some of our beliefs, and, you know, they're of the devil, you know, and they condemn us and, you know, get thee behind me, you're going to hell. And, uh, you know, my sister has a friend that's a very devout Christian, and she's known her for 40 years, and they're good friends, but this other woman thinks my sister's going to hell yeah. because she believes in reincarnation and these other things. So, you know, we have to be aware. And then uh, one thing I want to add to this, along with the very sweet and devout people in all these churches, where do the fallen angels go if they want to spread the lie? They, they will go into the churches, the existing structures on this planet. And we're not going after a witch hunt, but if you see someone to say there's something wrong with this person. They, they're saying the right words, but there's something about them that's wrong. Well, it could be a reason for that. Yeah, and if you're taught that somebody else is carrying the burden of your karma and not you, you don't have an understanding of cosmic law, which is the requirement of the law is that you balance every jot and tittle yeah, of that right. karma yourself. Jesus, by a great display of brotherhood, bore our karma for a while until we were able to handle it better but it didn't mean we were exonerated. It's not a get-out-of-jail-free get card. I think one of, the, one of the most amazing teachings that, that we've heard from, 
from Jesus, you know, through our messengers, had to do with his concern for his own his own disciples. And, you know, him coming from the East, his understanding of reincarnation and karma, which, you know, some fragments still remain in, in the Bible, Jesus talked about how his great worry was that, you know, with each successive incarnation, his apostles who were the closest to him, who, who you know, he taught directly, would forget his teaching. And he recognized the assault, you know, through the various different um, you know, theologies of the time mm-hmm. and the various different, you know, spiritual leaders of the time, that they would take what he taught and turn that inside out. They would they would somehow take away, you know, this understanding of, of this the inner divinity of the universal Christ. And so he actually told us that in a dictation, he promised his disciples that he would be there for them at the point of each transition as they as they pass through these two thousand mm-hmm. years, because he understand this he understood this two thousand years of Pisces, so that they would remember in their souls. And so when this time came today, as we moved out of Pisces into Aquarius, that there would be enough of a of a of a you know of a spirit and a fire within their soul to remember the message when it would came to, it would yeah. come to the fore as it has today. So uh, it's a very profound understanding. Very and of course what Mr. and Mrs. Prophet said they weren't they weren't teaching us something new. They were reminding us what we already knew. And I think for all of us here, there was a something clicked. You know, when we heard these teaching, it makes sense. It you know, and and it's I knew it was true the first time I heard it, it was true. I wasn't quite ready to jump in with both feet, but I said I knew it was true yeah. because because it res- resonated with everything in my soul. Whereas the traditional Christian teaching just left me. There's got to be more. You know, and I think you bring up a very important point, and this is something we do stress periodically here, and that is that the experience we have, what our soul truly needs, is not something that we can suppress for, forever. You know, that we the soul hunger when you when you when you thirst for the the true knowledge, when you get a a sip of it, a taste of it, you know it, and maybe you're not ready for the whole loaf, but you are, you're you're signaling your readiness. To move higher. And, and, but the, the challenge is, Thomas, for some people, they're, because they don't know enough on the outer, they go the other direction, which is staying active, you know, alcohol, marijuana. Or into I'm, fanaticism. You know, TV, <clears throat> uh, movies, football, you know, collecting um, <laughs> statuary <laughs> or whatever, you know. <laughs> There's an escape mechanism that people go for because they don't know the truth. You know, God loves us intently no matter what we've done. When we turn to face him and said, Father, Mother, I am coming home, the way opens up if we're willing to walk it. So no matter what you've done, you don't, you know, throw that aside. You know, you'll balance the karma good time, but let God love you and help you take that first step. That's the point of conversion when you turn around and come back. Yeah, it is. You know, uh, we've mentioned again, so many things we mentioned, we, we repeat because they're important. One of the things somebody said here on a recent program was that when each of our souls standing before the karmic board we do they do a soul reading kind of a karmic assessment when the truth is revealed to those those stalwart light-filled souls who were not given these tools to understand karma reincarnation the ascension they can get angry yeah. and they come back in the next embodiment with a chip on their shoulder and either as atheists or agnostics yes and, I and think, with a great intense dislike of organized religion <laughs> yes. and they don't know why Would this include the spiritual but not religious? Sure. Yeah, I would think so. Well, I think as you go back to the strategy of darkness number four here, Tom, you know, by the fact of, you know, people not understanding their their own inner accountability, Mm -hmm. not being willing to do this, in other words, believing that somehow it doesn't matter what they do, 
you know, that, that uh, somehow, you know, Jesus will receive them for who they are. This is that, that whole psychology and that whole logic that the, that the sinister force, you know, the followers have regarding, you know, taking your light, allowing you to just, you're, you're putting your, your energy, your essence, your effort into a cracked, you know, broken vessel. Mm-hmm. So it's leaking out much like the, the, the idea of a colander. And so what the masters are showing you is that, you know, if you take accountability for your life, if you apply the principles of the path, if you use the violet flame and the spoken word, you can turn the whole cycle of energy around. Amen. In other words, change the flow, which is the force has you, you know, buffaloed into, you know, channeling into a certain way. You can turn the energy around. In the course of doing that, you can find your God awareness. You can find your God identity. You can expand your your awareness of life. Well, but, and when, let me just say sure. that when we are induced to feel certain emotional states, depression, sadness, lethargy, mm-hmm. anger, probably above all, those are ways in which our light is siphoned off. Yeah, They're taken from us if we allow ourselves to express in those ways and we don't perform the antidote, which may be a decree, a prayer, a fiat, a call, whatever we can do to stop that from happening and turn the tables yeah. on it. So, so I think we understand that the fallen angels have two purposes in these strategies. One is to prevent us from becoming who we are, right. from finding the path and going home. Because every person that makes their ascension is a severe threat to the fallen angels. They know their time is, you know, they had but a short time. Then we may consider it too long, but in the <laughs> scheme of, of eternity, it is a short time. They know their time's up. And the second reason, of course, as you mentioned, Tom, in the introduction, is they need to steal our light because they aren't getting it from God anymore. So you can see how dependent they are on these strategies and why they don't want people to learn them. Because if one person learns these and is able to counter them, that's a source of light that's cut off to them. At this point, I think we have to ask the question, where do we find the answers? Where do we go to to receive this light, this pure light? And of course, this is a promo for the Ascended Master's teachings, <laughs> but I think the the point we would always make in this program is that when we're talking about how the darkness works, how the devil works, we're also talking about how God works, how light works, how salvation works, how the ascension works. So we 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 hasten to say everybody is capable. This is not something that's beyond your ability. You can do this. It's not difficult. It takes a bit of practice because great performances don't just happen. Self-mastery is the process. Self-mastery is the key. Awareness, discernment, discrimination, all these things that we've talked about many times, they're all part what we can do right now and, and, you know, to we, turn the tables. We talk about Archangel Michael and we pray to him every day. Don't forget, Archangel Michael casts these fallen angels out of heaven. So he's he's a greater match <laughs> yeah. than they are. So when you are aligned with the light, with the archangels, the angels, and so forth, you are protected. And, so, and with this knowledge, you're doubly protected. So we don't fear them, but we have to be aware of what's going on so we can deal with it because it still works on many beautiful souls on this planet. Indeed. You know, you bring up the angels, and of course, we've talked about them many times. Angels are ready to spring into action on your behalf at a moment's notice, but you've got to ask them. Yeah. You know, make the call, ask them to come and intervene, whatever's necessary, because they will not abrogate your free will. I think this is really the key, job, um, Tom, for getting started on the path. <clears throat> you know, Jesus said, ask and ye shall receive. You know, you it's go. a very simple process. And, you know, like I said earlier, when pe- oftentimes people hit rock bottom before they make their, you know, first steps on a spiritual path, on a spiritual return to God. And uh, that's really the key is to know what to ask for and who to ask for. Indeed. 
Well, we are coming up again on one more break here before our final segment. And what we'll talk about in the final is something we talked about at the beginning, but it's worth repeating again and again because it's something that we all battle with on various levels, and that is you're not good enough. Well, you are good enough, and God in you is more than good enough. So we're going to take a short break right now. When we come back, we'll talk about more strategies of light and darkness, including this one that we just mentioned, that you are you are indeed good enough. Stay with us. We'll be right back. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Be extraordinary. Be the change. Those seeking a higher spiritual path question everything. It is the nature of a spiritual seeker. They look deeply at all world religions and know that there are nuggets of truth within them all. The Summit Lighthouse is a deep repository of spiritual wisdom delivered by the Ascended Masters through their messengers Mark and Elizabeth Clare Prophet. For over 50 years, we have brought seekers worldwide liberating teachings that include the violet flame, the creative power of sound, and a deep personal connection to the Masters of Light. The goal of our show is to bring you timely spiritual teachings that are practical and liberating. For a free download of one of our most popular books, Go to www.summitlighthouse.org forward slash radio downloads. The Seventh Wave Channel on the Voice America Network. You are listening to The Open Door, brought to you by the Summit Lighthouse. Please send your comments or questions to webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to our show. And we are back for one final segment on The Open Door. Thank you very much for staying with us. Today, we're talking about strategies of light and darkness. I'd like to direct your attention to the book we have, Strategies of Light and Darkness, by Mark L. and Elizabeth Clare Prophet, which is available at www.tsl.org slash bookstore. You can also find Strategies of Light and Darkness on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and in other bookstores. So it's a great manual to have. It's a great reference tool to use, and it's a very small little book, but very powerful in its content. And we're talking about strategies of light and darkness, and one of the things that we recognize is that we are often subjected to various shades of condemnation. Self-condemnation, condemnation through the criticism of others, comes in various forms, various guises, but nonetheless, it's something that we are subjected to until we decide not to be. And one of the things that we talk about with the concept of condemnation is those messages we get that say, you are not good enough. You are a worthless sinner. You are limited in some respect that, that prevents you from joining the heart of God. You know, I think, I like to think, Tom, you know, the, I, I'd smile because what happens is when we make a mistake, and, and we've made some big ones, let's... Let's be honest, okay? okay. We call upon law forgiveness, we move on. Well, God may have forgiveness, but the fallen angels do not let you forget your mistakes. If you made one when you were six years old, you know, they'll, they'll, bring, bring, they'll bring it back yeah. and say, look at that. This is proof. God, you know, it says in the Bible, God will remember our sins no more. Well, he won't remember them, but I can assure you the fallen angels will never <laughs> yes. forget them. That's and they'll, they'll, they'll love to bring them up at every chance they get to say, you know, 
that is not me. It's, I may have done that, but I can't identify with that anymore. If I haven't balanced the car, I'm going to balance. God has forgiven me. I'm moving on. So forget well, it, guys. Yeah, as long as it works, they'll keep using it. Yeah. How many times have you heard, do you remember when? Oh, man. Oh, yeah. And, I'll never and, forget that. And you know? it's amazing how much of the emotional component is restored instantly when you think about that that ancient memory you have when you were 5 or 10 or 17 or whatever you did or you know whatever you thought you did you can relive it in that moment i got some great Relive. there's some great stories about mark prophet you know mark was really um, every man's man you know he could relate to anybody no matter where they were and one of my friends when he was 18 years old ran into mark in the hallway at the retreat and he was looking kind of glum and, and dour, and, and Mark <laughs> wrapped him on the back. He said, son, what do you got to worry about? You got God in you. <laughs> and then, then the other thing is that Mark always kept a laughing bag on the corner of his desk. So when when somebody would come into his office, you know, with that sense of, you know, impending doom or woe is me, <laughs> you know, Mark would just squeeze the bag and that would take care. That would defuse that it would right away. That would take care of it right there, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, that that's a great tool to have. Laughter, happiness, joy, you know, joy is a motor of life. It's yeah. nice to tune into those um, positive emotions because they do dispel the darkness. You know, if I may, Tom, I'd like to also look at the flip side of this a little bit. We talked about, you know, we're good enough. This is not a human good or a relative good. It's the presence of God within us. And what we have to be careful of is that we don't allow a little bit of pride to seep in. In other words, you know, God's in me. I can do anything kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. And because this is, this, is, this is what... Uh, Lucifer fell on was the, the the sin of pride, and it can be very subtle. So you know, it, it's it's understanding God is in us. Understanding we have some work to do, but God can you know we God's energy can work through us, can do all these things and so forth. So it's always that balance of humility, but not the humility that you know you wrap your up yourself and hide in a corner because you're unworthy, but the humility of God is within me. I mean that's that's so magnificent. I must be in awe of that presence of God within me. I must draw closer to it. And so they go hand in hand. And, you, you know, your light becomes very important to somebody else you may not even know or ever, ever meet officially. You know, there has been a tendency in all of our many past lives to take our light, our attainment, as much as we feel we have, go to a cave or a monastery or someplace where we can preserve it, hold on to it, and don't expose ourselves to life. But unfortunately, we also don't expose ourselves to the karma that we have to balance in the form of other people, other situations, other circumstances. So part of the thing about not being too prideful in terms of our attainment is to remember that our karma puts us in the best position we can possibly be in at that moment. So if we recognize that and are grateful for the lessons that are coming to us, then we'll be humble also as we hopefully learn them and achieve And know that God is the key for every solution. It's not our mental body or our mental mind. You know, a lot of people have great attainment in their what we call the mental body or the, their thinking ability or their reasoning ability and so forth, which is wonderful at many levels. But that's what the fallen angels have. They have tremendous attainment in that area, but they have no light or have no heart. And so we have to be careful. We don't look for our solution in our brain instead of our heart and yeah. know that God has the solution. And God, as you suggest, is the doer if we will allow ourselves to be that instrument. And we often talk about the, those four essential questions about who am I, why am I here, where am I going, and how do I get there? Well, the where am I going is a very central part of this, too, and one of the strategies of darkness is to deprive us of the knowledge of the ascension, that we're here to do, the purpose of life is to ascend. And that's why we go through our karma, that's why we try to rebalance, you know, to, to balance, transmute it, so that we can basically get back home. And unless we know that's our destination, we're going to be in the dark. 
You know, you know, Tom, one of the things that, that I've been thinking about, you know, in, in reflection of what Sid just said here, you know, the masters teach us that the seat of our consciousness is really the heart. And we everybody can relate to this concept of whether somebody is, you know, an intellect or have, you know, has a heart or is a heart kind of a person. I think I think people understand that. But this this you know, this incredible understanding of why we're here. I you know, I listened to this really lovely lecture called Out of the Heart of the Issues of Life. And this was something that Mrs. Prophet shared with her membership many years ago. And, you know, we realized that that the goal in understanding the strategies of light and darkness, you have to have this understanding of your heart and this this sensitivity to be able to separate out, you know, which is you know, what's of the light, what's of the darkness, and so forth. Mm-hmm. And so there, I, I think all of us aspire, many people aspire to this concept of being able to actually feel, you know, with the heart and this understanding of, you know, how we how we process and analyze this. And so I just wanted to, to, to add that into it because I think people get discouraged. You know, we all, we all kind of measure ourselves against the great intellects, you know, and so on and so forth. But it's really not about how intelligent you are and how much you know and wisdom. You know, that's not a reflection of your attainment. What's a reflection of your attainment is what is the sensitivity in your heart because that's where the spark of God is anchored. And when you get to the pearly gates, they don't check to see what your IQ is. <laughs> How many PhDs you have. <laughs> because the, see your fo- resume. the you know, it's, it's foolishness to God, whatever your, your intellect is. So, um, you know, Tom, you went back and you referred in this last segment. We're going to talk about how the fallen angels distract us by creating what's called a false hierarchy of the truth, and they will create a false hierarchy of the Ascended Masters, literally. And they'll try and pull people away. It's very psychic, and it sounds the same, but the vibration is totally different. And that's where we've talked before about the gift of discernment and how you ask the Holy Spirit, well, how do I know something's true? You don't know it's true because we're telling you no because you go within and ask for God and the Holy Spirit to give you that confirmation. This is true. This is the path for me. Because there's a lot of imitators out there. And whether it's an imitator of Jesus or the Ascended Masters, you have to have that discernment. Because what happens, some of these false teachings will be 99% correct, but they'll have 1% there that's a totally false one that will throw people off their path for embodiment after embodiment. Oh, you're so right. I mean, the hooks that are there are so subtle. Yeah. But you re- you mentioned discernment, and uh, you know, we talk about the 3Ds, discernment, Um determination, discrimination. And as I was putting together some talking points, as you've shared them with you guys, that uh, it's very interesting to see those kind of reflected in the threefold flame, the power, wisdom, and love. And that the discernment you talk about is the wisdom flame, the yellow plume, and discrimination, which is how we perceive which basic darkness strategies in play is the pink plume. It's the heart. You know, you were talking about coming, going through the heart. Determination is blue, is power, is will. And that is where we resolve to use this knowledge to overcome darkness. If we look at this as a formula, you know, that whatever we can, else we pray for, we pray for discernment. You know, We I was, pray for discrimination. We pray for determination. Yeah. I mentioned to you, I was doing a little channel search. I came up on this <laughs> religious channel last night, and I turned down the sound. And I looked at oh, this individual that was talking, and, you know, a lot of the, the light bearers on this planet are, are a little bit naive. Mm-hmm. They assume everyone has good intentions. They assume anybody that talks about God and Jesus must be a good person. And, you know, I, I don't know this person, but I can tell you the sense that I had from his vibration was this was not somebody I would want to have <laughs> me teach about God to me, you know. Yeah. And so it's not a, a criticism so much, again, as discernment, you know, because what happens is sometimes the light bearers will so swallow the lie, they'll take on the vibration 
of the fallen angels, even though they're not a fallen angel. Indeed. So, you know, you need that discernment to know the truth and to act on it and know that everyone, you know, you know, keep your eyes on God. Make sure you make the calls for God to show you what to do, where to go, and, and make sure it's not that little demon on your shoulder telling you. Or your dweller. Dweller? You know, the, the enemy within? <laughs> our <laughs> we, human consciousness. Our human consciousness. Well, well, I don't want to go there right now because we're just about done. <laughs> Amazing how this these hours just go by. But God has a solution to every challenge yeah. we're facing. And I think that's the key right there is God has a solution for every challenge we face. Ask and you shall receive time. Uh, and, yes, and, and practice your spirituality. You know, Make it a part of your life so that the self-mastery you gain is fortified and sustained by your prayer work, by your decrees. Use of the violet flame, these practical tools we talk about all the time, and the grace of God. The grace, and of, the God. grace of God. Now, are you going to do Terry's part about no, writing yeah. in? Okay, if you have any uh, questions or interest, or like to contact us, it's webradio at, at tsl.org. I, I think I know by now. So I'm that's very good. Me. That's read my, my webradio well at tsl.org. Well, done, <laughs> well, I want to thank you for you know sitting in the Terry chair today, Sid. Privilege. You have your own chair, of course, and it's a very important part of this. And thank you for joining us today, David. You're welcome, Tom. Very much appreciative of that. Great and, to be uh, part of this. And it goes by, you know, it's just it's wonderful to hear this stuff because as many times as I hear it, it's always kind of new and fresh, and I get to hear it again. So I'm grateful. Amen. So thank you. And as we like to say, though the upward path may sometimes be difficult, the rewards are, are out, out of, of this, this world. world. Thanks, everyone. God bless you. Thank you again for joining us this week. Remember, tell your friends and family that they can listen to us live each Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, and Noon Mountain on Voice America's 7th Wave Channel. For more information about The Open Door and The Summit Lighthouse, please visit our website, www.tsl.org. We'll see you again next week.